0: The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission? To make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, guys, this is uh, Daniel Ward. I'm the student pastor here at Fellowship, and I'm here with our interim pastor, Julian Martinez. And uh, we are here to do our podcast again and discuss our sermon from Sunday. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it was a great, uh, great sermon. Um, it was a great sermon on persecution. That's two weeks in a row for you on persecution, <laughs> which uh, I thought was good, though. I mean, it's it's you're walking through Acts. That's exactly what we're kind of seeing is that God is moving And people are being persecuted for it but but the gospel continues on
1: yeah that's kind of the thing about preaching through a book like we're doing Mm -hmm. but you you know i had one week and you had another week so Yeah. yeah if i was just preaching through the book it would have given me a week off of you know the content but it was almost like same content in a row for me but i you know was it was a little different so i was able to you know see it in a little different way it was almost like a Even more charge, right? I
0: thought it was like it amplified what you preached two weeks ago. This week it's like amplified and even more. Like, not only are you going to be persecuted, but God's going to send you back into the persecution again. Like, be prepared for that.
1: Two weeks ago it was, hey, be prepared for persecution. And then this Sunday was like, even if you're persecuted, be prepared for God to send you right back into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought it was great and kind of put a. A nice little bow on the end of our parking lot services, um, which I think I'm going to miss that. Yeah. I'm going to miss parts of it. So if 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 we had the ability to set up like chairs and have mm-hmm. people be, be able to see people's faces, parking lot church would be perfect. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I miss about being inside is being able to see faces when I'm preaching or leading worship. And be, it's like... We're engaged together with the crowd. I mean, mm-hmm. they probably don't see that or feel that. But like when you're <laughs> on stage, it's like you're just preaching to a bunch of inanimate cars. It's kind of weird. But, <laughs> um, but I am excited to be back inside. I'm, I'm more so for like things to kind of go back to normal and for us to be able yeah. to do some of the things that we've been excited to do, like discipleship and some of those kinds of things. So.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna. It was it was fun. I would mm-hmm. say and it was a lot of work but it yeah, was yeah. it was fun and it was it was cool that we could still meet and i think that was one of the hype things about it like we were able to meet we were excited about that but i'm ready to get back to a little bit of normal like you're saying yeah. so that we can start working towards some of the things we've been planning on
0: yeah you, you talked about the work it uh we got a little taste of what some of these uh, churches who are doing church and schools oh, do man. every week, man. Can you imagine setting that sound system up every week? I couldn't do it. So I mean, much work.
1: I mean, God bless them. And some yeah. people are very successful at it. Some people, that's their model.
0: That's what they got. I mean, and for a lot of it, that's out of necessity, you know. They yeah. have to do it in, in the early stages, and eventually they can work their way out of that. We're but, very blessed. But yeah, we are very blessed <laughs> to not have to worry about that every week, but... Um, so let's go ahead and dive into to our questions here. Um, I got three, like we normally do. Um, you said a godly life brings persecution. So mm-hmm. someone who is, um, living a godly life, living out the, what, what the scripture says. And, and you even kind of talked about like, like someone who's living a godly life has faith. They see the world as God sees it. And, and there's like something to be envied there by the world. The world looks at that and says, I'm jealous of that, yeah. right? And and I want that, but I'm not willing to surrender to get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so my question to that is, what should our response to that persecution be? Because, you know, a lot of people deal with conflict in in two ways: one, they they put up their fists and they're ready to fight; or two, they run from it because they're scared of it. And uh, and so you know, a godly life brings persecution, we get that. But what should our, as believers, what should our response to that persecution be?
1: Yeah, so like, um, you mean like if this Sunday the cops run in and try to take some of us to jail? Yeah. Yeah, what should our response be? I would say, you know, just like we saw in the book of Acts that there was this this model that was followed, Mm -hmm. right? You never saw the apostles fight mm-hmm. as far as like, we're going to physically fight you to right. be able to do what we're doing. We're going to bear arms, pull out our swords, draw our guns and <laughs> yeah, and go blazing. Yeah. None of that. And, and Jesus said, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Right. When Peter chopped that guy's ear off and I, I'm a full believer in that Peter was aiming for that dude's head. Like <laughs> he, he just missed. He just missed. He, was, <laughs> he wasn't trying to hit his ear. Uh, and and he was he had that mentality. Yeah, he said, "You're not taking Jesus. I will kill you before I let you do that." Right. And Jesus rebuked him. He said, "If you live by the sword, you die by the sword." And he finally gets it. As you're looking in the book of Acts, Peter finally understands. They come. They take them to jail. The angel lets them out, and then they go right back because he said so. And and they never try to break out of jail. They never try to you know they they allow God to move in their lives in a way. Yeah. and I think that's how we should respond to to persecution Now we have a bit of a skewed view on things because we're Americans right right because our founding fathers founded this whole place on a revolution right they founded the whole they the Constitution was written the Second Amendment was given right not so that we could hunt. The Second Amendment was given, so if the government then tries to infringe on your liberties, you take up arms and defend yourself. Right. That's why we're allowed to have weapons. Right. And so we have like this weird skewed v- view of the, of our our patriotism and our faith mm-hmm. being like one. Right, right. And they should not be. Right. They should not be at all. We had this discussion one time in Bible study, and it was a real good—it lasted like two weeks— <laughs> Uh, And we were talking about uh, if is it right for me to fight the government on my Second Amendment rights, meaning I'm a gun owner, I have four or five guns in my house. And if the government comes and says you can no longer own guns, is it right as a Christian to say, no, you're not taking my guns, I'm going to protect my house and what I have. Right, and we had this whole discussion, and it, and it really led down to, okay, what are our God-given rights? Because if you infringe on my God-given rights, then we have a problem. And what we came up with, we have no rights, mm-hmm. right? We have no rights as Christians, because we don't belong to ourselves. We, if if God gave us what we rightly deserve, we would have hell. That's the way it works. Right. That's what grace and mercy is. And so the way we respond to persecution is. Listen, I'm just a follower of Jesus who's being called to do what he's called me to do. And whatever comes is going to come because that could mean death. Right. Right. No, none of these apostles who were martyred fought their death. They willingly went to their death. And I think it's something that they understood what Jesus said. If you look at Matthew chapter five, Jesus has given them like this extra measure, you know, uh, if somebody you know, takes you one mile, you walk with him two miles, that kind of deal. And then he says this in verse thirty eight. He says, You've heard it that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And right. that's kind of our attitude, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And then he says, But I tell you don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anybody slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. Now let me just tell you for real quick, I have I have a pride issue sometimes. I grew up fighting. I grew up uh you know always wanting to be fighting with people and it was this you know macho thing especially if someone
0: disrespects you oh yeah it was big time if
1: and i grew up with the rights from my mother if anybody lays a hand on you you have full reign to do whatever you need to do Mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna be completely transparent right now that if somebody walked into the church right here in our offices and tried to do something and punched me I don't know that I would turn the other cheek. I'm just gonna be completely honest.
0: Yeah. It'd be hard for me to do that at this point in your sanctification. I you don't know that you'd <laughs> yeah. be capable of walking away. I'm laying that dude out, you know.
1: Yeah. Julian from 1999 is coming back, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, and so. What God, what Jesus is trying to tell them is there, there's 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 a goal that I have for you, and that goal is for you to look like me, mm-hmm. and so that way people can come to me. Right, right. We, we've been talking about it for a long time now that all God wants from us who get saved is so that other people can be saved. Mm-hmm. And that's our mission. That's our mission as a church to love God, love others and make disciples. And so it's going to be real hard to make disciples when we're out there shooting guns at the government. Right. It's going to be real hard to make disciples when we're being defiant as far as fighting physically uh, the government. However, our defiance comes in the fact that we will not be silenced. Right.
0: I think uh, it changes our focus too, right? If your focus is the government is oppressing me or someone is trying to prevent me, and so I'm gonna fight them right physically, then that becomes the focus. Rebe- you know, that rebellion becomes the focus rather than more people coming to know Christ. That has to stay the focus. Yes. If that stays the focus, then it's more it's a lot easier to ignore or you know, you know, not yeah. come to this decision that hey, I'm going to fight. And, and it, it, the, if the focus is other people coming to know Christ, then you're not worried about fighting. You're worried about right. How do I present Christ in this moment? Yeah, and that was
1: all. That was initially what happened in 70 AD with the Jewish mm-hmm. people. Yeah, is that they were rebelling against Titus and yeah. he destroyed them. Right. And that was their mindset, right? They wanted the Messiah to come and to be this leader, this general and and to overtake and to be again a strong nation and that's that's not what Jesus had in mind. Right. He's like I'm I'm concerned about the kingdom mm-hmm. and not the nation. Right. Jesus could care less about where the United States ends up as long as a lot of people from the United States end up in heaven. Yeah. That's his that's his focus. That should be our focus. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that leads us to the next question and uh the kind of the overarching idea of the of the sermon was this idea that they face persecution. God frees them from jail and then says, go right back to the temple and start <laughs> preaching again. Like that's, that's to me, the pivotal point in that text was, wow. Like, yeah. okay, that's crazy because I feel like the common sense thing in that moment <laughs> to, is to say, okay, I've faced my persecution. I was, a, I was, you know, arrested and, and God freed me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the logical thing from that is that God freed me so that I can be free. But God say, no, I didn't free you so you can be free. I freed you so you can go back and yeah. preach the gospel again. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of people in our culture today, and, re- and really through all cultures, this has been a thing that people have been dealing with since the beginning, is is people have this view of God that, that God just, he loves them. And because he loves them, he wants them to live in peace and harmony and and, and Happiness. There's a lot of Christian books that are out there, um, even even like books for for women, like pamper yourself. God God wants you to you know mm-hmm. He wants you to live in. in Comfort and peace, and you need to take care of yourself, and that that kind of thing. Right. There's there's pastors that get up and like you know you live in the abundant life. The abundant life is a nice house, a nice car, a mm. good four hundred one k, and just this this whole idea that God wants you to be happy, even to the point to where some people are like you know God doesn't want me to live in this marriage anymore because He mm-hmm. wants me to be happy, yeah. right? And, and so when they see this, this is textual evidence that that's not true, right? Like God yeah. God is calling His apostles. If he's calling them, of course he's going to call us too, right? These are the people that are supposed to like really start this movement. Yeah, He's calling them to go back to the same place they were just arrested and and continue to preach the gospel, knowing that persecution will come again. Mm -hmm. It's not an if at this point. It's like, for sure, you were already persecuted once. You're going to face persecution again, but I want you to go back. And so I think for some people that may like rattle their foundation of who they think God is. And Mm -hmm. so... What would you say to that person who has grown up or or you know has this preconceived idea that, that God just wants them to be happy and that's that's what God wants for our lives is is happiness and peace and fulfillment. What would you say to that person when they look at this text and realize maybe that's not the case? Maybe God is wanting more than that and wants for me to suffer for his namesake?
1: Yeah. So what we're dealing with now. Uh, and like you said, it's been happening for a long time is that we want to be served and not to serve. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have this idea of who Jesus is and what that means. And, and what we like to do these days is we like to say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pursue my job and I'm going to pursue all of these things that I make me happy. Mm-hmm. But then I don't want the guilt to go with it. So I'm going to say I want Jesus, too. Because Jesus gives us an excuse to say I'm covered in grace. I'm covered with mercy and God loves me and, you know, I can do all these things I want to do. And God's still going to love me and, and, you know, cherish me and kind of cuddle with me and give me all these feels. So that way I don't be as guilty for living my life for myself. And ultimately, that's what it becomes. Right. Because Paul said it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. So if I don't live then I should expect all the things that this life brings about, right? Right. Um, I'm not trying to say this to you know, feel sorry about myself or anything. I mean, you know, ministry, working in ministry, you don't make a lot of money. Right. If you're going into ministry, you're not going in to have the lavish life right. of whatever. You're going in to serve and to do what God wants you to do. And some people get that mixed up, right? they get into ministry and then they got this big church and they're getting paid these big salaries and it becomes real comfortable. And so sometimes the message changes, Mm. the message changes to like, man, we are very comfortable and God wants us to be comfortable and God loves you. And God wants you to, you know, and it's, it's not about you. Right. That's the thing is that it's not about us. It's about God. And I said in the sermon that God will absolutely send us into danger to get glory for himself right right we know that 11 of the 12 apostles were martyred Mm. and and that didn't seem good to them or to their families but at the same time god was glorified because of it and i think when we can take the focus off of ourselves and who we are and who we want to be and place the focus on who god is and who god wants us to be then our life will look radically different meaning and please if you're listening don't Don't misunderstand me that I'm like, you know, throwing rocks at you or, you know, whatever. But, you know, maybe that looks different. Like, you know, maybe I don't need this big boat. Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to give more to missions. Yeah. You know, maybe it looks different. Like maybe I don't need this third extra car. Maybe I need to, you know, be more involved in my church. You know, whatever that case is. Maybe Mm -hmm. I don't need to work all this overtime. Maybe I need to surrender more to be a disciple leader, you know, and so. It's all about either living for us or living for God. Mm. And if we live for us, if we live for ourselves, then our idea of God has to be that God wants everything to flow through that mindset, right. that we are most important, and that we are what God really desires. And, and 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 I said it in the sermon, too, like this life is nothing. Right. This earth is nothing. It's going to be over with before we know it. And to and to minimize God to saying he wants you to have earthly possessions and earthly joy or happiness is wrong. Right. Because God, God, God will do away with this earth one day. It's going to burn in fire and he's going to create a new one. And he's more concerned about us doing our job to glorify him. So that way. as many people as possible can be saved and join him in heaven one day. And so we have this, the The reason we have that is because we want to serve ourselves and not God. And it becomes real hard when we start to read and say, Oh wow. Okay. God wants me to let go of myself. Yeah. God wants me to not pamper myself. God wants me to not be, you know, I read, uh, James one at the end of the sermon that mm-hmm. says counted all joy when you fall into various trials. And, James is saying there you're going to fall into trials Mm. right he's giving you the absolute that this will come and you need to understand and have the mindset that when the joy you have is knowing that it's only temporary right the joy you have is knowing that this life doesn't matter is that you're going to be perfected in your faith and that's that is God's glory that is God receiving all the honor he's getting all the credit And what we live on this life doesn't matter. We should be very much so be minimalist Mm -hmm. in that respect. Yeah, because the more crap we uh, accumulate and the more stuff we involve ourselves in, draws us further and further away from the mission that God has for us.
0: Right, it's an easy trap to fall into. Oh yeah, I mean, there's been points in my life that I know that my focus has shifted, and you know, I got to where I was like, I want this. Dear Lisa, I want this side by side. I want mm-hmm. this thing, and you get to where like you start working for that. Even though, you know, you're supposed to be living your life for Christ, you start living your life for your own enjoyment. Yeah, and and then you realize, why? What? what, what there's more stress with this. Why am I even? Why <laughs> am I even bothering with this? You know, like I have all this stuff, but yeah, it just there's debt that comes along with it. There's, uh, you know, issues with the things that you buy. You know, I would I made a joke. Several weeks ago, when I was preaching, you get a boat it's going to break down. You know, you got issues. Yeah. There's just the constant battle of maintaining that stuff. When when those things will rust away, yeah. right? Scripture talks about that. Like we invest in those things, and they're they're not eternal. They're temporal things, yeah. and and God wants us to have the perception that or, or the view that that our lives are for Him and His glory because that's eternal. When yeah. we invest ourselves in those things, those are eternal.
1: Yeah, so. and people want to have the idea, right, that God wants me to be happy. I mm-hmm. hate that saying. God doesn't care about your happiness. I'm yeah. sorry. God will give you true joy. Yes. Right. He will give you true joy, but that is joy in the middle of your circumstances. God right. doesn't care if you have a boat. God doesn't care if you have a side by side. God doesn't. You know, it, it's 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 those kind of things where you say, "No, God wouldn't send me into danger because I have all this stuff." Right. Maybe it's good for you to lose your job and focus more on God. Mm. Right? And, and 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 our mindset is no God wouldn't have me do that because God wants me secure. Mm. No, God said he'll provide your needs. Listen, son, if you're gonna eat beans and rice and be healthy and then glorify God because of it, God will absolutely take that job away from you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's what we see in the scripture, right? Like he that they they they're imprisoned and prison looks a lot different than than it did than it does now right and they're fearful god lets them out and he says now go right back at it and we have this idea that god would never oh god would never send me into harm's day mm. into harm's way never into danger you know and don't take this the wrong way if you're listening but you know I've, I've heard people say like i'm not sending my kids to public school because you know there's this and there's that and 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 yet we're called to be a light in the darkness mm. You know, and so we we cannot have this cozy, safe life and still expect to do what God has called us to do, because God has called us to be a light in the darkness. Right. Meaning, we have to get dirty, we have to be in the darkness, and that means going into danger at times. Hundred percent.
0: So, uh, as you started wrapping your sermon up Sunday, you uh, you started really like catching a stride and, and talking about. Um, you know as as things progress even in our culture today we can start to expect persecution from our own government like mm-hmm. that's coming and seeing some hints of that even in the midst of some of the stuff that's going on now some some political figures taking advantage of of all that's going on now so that sure. they can further their agenda to silence the church that's that's totally happening now yeah um and and as time progresses we should fully expect that to be A more broad, widely accepted idea, Mm -hmm. and um, and and so as you as you were talking about that, you were talking about like, are we going to shut up? Are we going to continue to proclaim Christ? Are we going to go back as we face persecution? Are we going to go back to Mm. the temple like they did? Mm. And and in the midst of that, because it was like a good hoorah moment, I think you got a lot of good amens and people were excited about it. They're honking. They're honking. Yeah, Yeah. man, you started getting some honks and, and some people saying amen. And, and and my question is is this do you think sometimes people get excited more about the idea of rebellion but but they're missing the point because even in the midst of now in, in times of peace they're they're not taking the opportunity now to proclaim christ so in other words if if they're not proclaiming christ now What will that look like when persecution does come? We're saying, amen, yeah, we want to rebel, but are we more excited about the idea of rebellion than we are the idea of actually proclaiming Christ? Because if we're excited about the idea of proclaiming Christ, regardless of circumstances, then we would be proclaiming Christ now,
1: right? right? Yeah, I think it's a very thin line. I think um, you definitely have people who get really excited, and it's sometimes a pride thing. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to shut me up. Like, right, just right. watch, you know, you take me to jail and and whatnot. And, uh, and yet they won't talk to their neighbor about Jesus, mm. you know, and yet, you know, they won't talk to a lesbian or a gay guy because of the sin in their life. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I, I do agree that there's, and I said it from the stage, you know, and, and I, and, and I meant it and I said, you know, like, I really feel bad about saying this, but Everybody's real excited about this, and the reality of it is that if they come haul us to jail, some people are going to lose their faith. are going to walk away. Some people are going to walk away. Yeah. Some people are going to say, "I didn't sign up for this." Right. And and uh, and and yet, some people, I think, um, like we were talking earlier, uh, just me and you, but we were talking about how back in the Roman persecution, you know, 200 A.D. around there, 200 years after Jesus, uh, Christians were really getting hit hard persecution wise. And they would bust in and they'd say, you know, do you deny this Jesus? And some Christians would actually say, yes, I deny. And then they would feel super convicted later and they would go seek the Romans and say, you know what? I lied to you. I am going to proclaim Christ. And so there are two types of people, right? There are the types of people that Jesus said is going to be like the wheat and the shaft. Mm. And the shaft is going to blow away in the wind, whichever way the wind blows.. Right. And, 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 and so uh, but then there's going to be the other type of people who are who are going to be uh, faithful until the end. They're going to endure until the end. And I think sometimes you can have a genuine Christian who right now is so involved in all the stuff in their life and all the you know uh, busyness of life and n- n- quite, kind of miss it. Mm. And then when persecution comes, there's this conviction that I missed it all along. I was wrong the whole time I was living for me, and I should have been living for Jesus. And they will absolutely go back into the center square, and things will change in their life. Yeah. But then there's going to be the people who are apathetic, the people who are grew up religious and grew up, this is all, this is all we know. You just go to church every Sunday. Mm. But their lives are not surrendered to Jesus in a true and genuine way and when persecution comes, it's going to be easy for them to say, nah, you know, I, I, want to, I want to obey the government. It's going to be easy for them to say, well, we just need to chill right now and let things take their course, you know, when that's not what we see God doing through the apostles. Mm. There was never a moment of chill for the apostles, right. never. Right. They, they hit the ground running, and they were full stride all the way until the book of Revelation where we see John on the island of patmos who they had tried to kill and he's like so badly burned and 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 jacked up you know yeah. uh that he they just let him out there to die and uh and so w- we're going to see people who will say you know what I'm going to do it until the end yeah. and persecution is going to come and they're going to endure and god's going to use them in a mighty way but you know if i'm honest with you right now i think it's a big number it's a bigger number that will say no thank you yeah than that will endure the persecution because of this cultural christianity we got going on and we've been trying to combat that mean yeah. you you know just with what scripture says you know right. and uh, and i and i and i'm i'm praying for the day that we can build a church for god who is willing to do the things that God has said and not so wrapped up in music or lights or, you know, church building esque? And I do think this whole pandemic has helped us with that. Yeah, that people are willing to to they the yearning for this community that that God has built that is called fellowship. And uh, and, and, and and I think it's going to make us stronger because of it. And and we're seeing that right now. We're seeing the evidence of that. Mm. But there but there is definitely going to be a group of people which if if I were to have to say right now would be larger that say, no, I didn't sign up for this. I just want to be peaceful and I don't want to have to endure all of that. Uh, and then there's going to be those who, you know, and so so you have both. Right. You have the ones who are honking and saying amen, and yet they don't talk to their neighbors about Jesus right now. Yeah. But maybe when persecution comes, it's going to be this gut check. It's like, man, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and and then you're definitely going to have those who come and, and, and are religious, and when that comes, it's not going to be a gut check. It's going to be like, yeah, I don't know that this is exactly what I want to do with my life. And so, you know, it, it's both and, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, as as people hear the word preached to that, the word changes people's lives. So, you know, that's going to bring, um, you know, the Holy Spirit will move and hopefully bring people from the one to the yeah. other as we move on too. So, uh, I'm excited about the fact that, um, it does seem like people are more ex- like intentional about sharing their faith, you know? Oh, like, yeah. um, like we were, we just had someone come in today who's, mm-hmm. who was invited by somebody else. And they've been coming to parking lot church and they're going to be joining Sunday. And and so it's exciting to see people, you know, getting more bold in their faith and, and kind of yeah. stepping out and being more intentional about, about sharing Christ with other people and, and not, not, you know, stepping back in, in fear of, yeah. of what people think, but willing to say, you know what? This is what I'm called to do. This is who I'm supposed to be. I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. It's been real interesting in the last two or three months that I've had, we've both had conversations with people, mm. both young and old. Yeah. And I say that on purpose because sometimes I think people look at us like you and I, and, you know, we're young and we have, uh, you know, this uh, connection with younger people and young families and yeah. everything. And, uh, and yet I've spoken with some senior adults who are saying I get the message that you guys are saying and I've been talking to my neighbor. Yeah. I get the message that you're saying and I'm messaging these people who I, who I knew I should have been talking to and I wasn't. Yeah. And so uh, that for me brings so much joy to my mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. That it's a all ends of the spectrum type of deal. Yeah. That people our age get it. Some of the senior adults are getting it and it's, mm-hmm. uh, and it's about doing what God wants them to do. And, uh and I think they're getting it. You know? Yeah, and, and 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 obviously we have to catch the fire first before we bring it to the pulpit. Right. And so really feeling convicted about God that that like we said, we have one job. And that's to love God, love others, and make disciples. Mm. And that's what we're going to preach. That's what you're going to hear. That's what people are going to get, because that's what the Bible's about.
0: Yeah, we were talking the other day about like how it kind of sometimes feels like we've been saying the same thing for the <laughs> past, what, two months now? <laughs> yeah. But that's what the Bible says. I mean, it's over and over again saying the exact same thing, like you just said. your Our job as believers, as followers of God, is to love God, love others, and, and yeah. make disciples. That is... That's the message you are going to hear preached for the rest of eternity, if you are going to a Bible preaching church. That's because exactly That's right. what the Bible says. Yeah,
1: and so. there, and there is absolutely time, like Wednesdays, where we dig in theologically and we, you know, say, man, why does the Bible say this? And what does the Bible say about yeah. divorce? What does the Bible say about you know whatever? And 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 and, and I am not saying you are not going to hear that on Sundays, but the 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 blaring message we need to understand first is that we could get all the theology we want in the world, but if we're not making other disciples, what does it matter? Right. right? right. we are not it? loving people. No. What, what does it matter right. that you know 100% of our people are theologians and we're not making any disciples? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Right. Not that you're not going to get that from us, but that that, that should be our message, that 100%. as we make disciples that make disciples, we can then train them in theology and to know who God is and know what God expects of them. Yeah, 100%.
0: Okay, well, uh, I think we'll cut it there. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we, uh, we're we looking forward to Sunday, Mother's Day. Yep. We're going to take a little time in the welcome to celebrate our mothers and uh, then continue on in Acts. And so we're excited to see you guys Sunday. I'm excited to be able to worship face-to-face with people and actually be <laughs> able to... See eyeballs and see engagement, and uh, I can't wait. But I am gonna miss parking lot church, and I, a lot of yeah. people have been thrown on the idea of making this like an annual thing, and I like that idea. I, I think like Next it. year we should we could we should do a big dinner on the grounds thing and celebrate when we did parking lot church <laughs> for like eight weeks. <laughs> Let's do it. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. And uh, so anyway, you guys be here Sunday at ten thirty. Remember, we have no child care uh, or any Bible studies or anything like that. It'll just be worship at ten thirty together. And uh, bring your kids in. I'm going to be preaching Sunday, and uh, I have four kids at home, and so my ability to ignore <laughs> all of the chaos and ruckus is pretty strong. Yeah. All right? And so don't worry about that. If your kids are running around, my kids are going to be here, and they're going to be running around and being and being obnoxious and bad sometimes too, and that's okay. Come to church. Yeah, come to church and, and let them let your kids see you worship. That's also an important Absolutely. thing. So anyway, we look forward to seeing you here on Sunday, and you guys have a, a blessed week and a good day. Thank you so much for listening today, and we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow,
1: give, and go.